and welcome back, everybody, to the latest and greatest installment of Deep Folking, a side project by Go Folk Yourself Podcast, an American podcast. Tonight, you are led in discussion by the one and only, the most regally handsome, Brett, and from far across the Americas, Dan. Ooh, it's me, Dan. I'm spooky. We're using the internet, everybody. This is a, a truly a wonderful time to be alive. Wait, here we are. I am, I am beside myself with excitement. We are using technology to broadcast to you onto your technology. Uh, Victor, you're being really and, quiet over there. Ooh, yeah, what's going it's on? It's me, Victor. Wait, I am the ghost of Victor. Hold on, this guy sounds too funny to be Victor. Are you wearing a Victor mask, Nathan? You got me. <laughs> well, where did you get that made? Get that what? Made. Where did you make a Victor mask? Oh, I, th- I heard made M-A-I-D. I'm like, there's not a maid in my room. Yes, made. <laughs> I mean, I said the right word, and you heard the right word. I, you you know, all I heard like was M-A-I-D. No, no, yeah. yeah uh, I, Victor, uh, Victor in, in case you guys wonder, has been in an incredibly deep sleep. Um, he's just been napping and uh, incredibly so deep. Actually, I was able to bring a whole prosthetics kit into his room, make a mask of his face. He never woke up. It was incredible. Well, what else? Made some weird noises, though. Yeah, he should. If he's not on his CPAP, you should have put him on his CPAP because he, he yeah. has very yeah. bad sleep apnea. <laughs> That's true. But did you notice how many mattresses that he sleeps atop for? He has such a del- delicate back <laughs> that he could detect even a pee. <laughs> That's our victor, everyone. Uh, if, Very delicate. If, if you made the mask because you wanted us to feel more comfortable, I will tell you, I feel better without Victor in the studio, and I don't know you that well, so this oh. works. <laughs> uh, yeah, most prosthetic masks as well are really scary looking, so it, it's, it's a little strange as well that, that you know it, you couldn't tell a difference. I mean... I like to wear a prosthetic mask, but only in the context of lovemaking, <laughs> and it... It is always a mask of myself that I am wearing. Brett, why did you call us here? Is it to talk about you wearing a mask <laughs> of you? Yeah. And when I when I say love making, I'm referring only to myself. You see. <laughs> you said alone a, in a room wearing yeah, a mask. But I'm wearing of yourself. I'm wearing my mask. Yeah. Is there a mirror anywhere? Yeah. No. Pitch black. <laughs> no, I don't even, I can't even see the mask. <laughs> It's just the concept. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all up it's all up in my head, you know. Okay. It's that's that's where the magic happens, folks. So, uh, what I wanted to talk to you tonight, uh, it, you know, aside from my strange masturbatory habits involving uh, prosthetic masks of myself, which I assume are masturbation or mask. Oh, you, you know, I've been workshopping that idea <laughs> for a while, and it I thought it sounded silly. That's, That's why I never told you about it, but I'm glad that you said it out loud, because it sounds very erotic, <laughs> and I'm so pleased with that. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about tonight, guys, is uh, the concept of ghosts in general, and uh, with questions that will be answered, such as, A, do you believe in them? B, if you do believe in them, what are they? And then C, can Brett finally achieve the dream of becoming a ghost at some point in time in the near future? So, well, first of all... Ooh. You've raised questions, let's, let's but I don't want to jump the gun. So, we'll, we'll... Yeah, I know. I just want to let you let you know what path we're going to be going okay. towards. 
so uh, first of all, uh, Nathan, being that you are the replacement for Victor, that I am. Uh, are Temporary. you a believer in ghosts? I am not uh, as much a believer in ghosts. I don't think. I haven't, I will say, I haven't put a ton of thought into it, and I don't know if I've definitively said to myself, I either do or don't believe in ghosts. But my natural instinct, uh, you know, we talked recently about ghost tours. My natural instinct when I go to a ghost tour is to go to one with anticipation of skepticism and entertainment. And that's kind of it, right? I want to go, I want to hear a scary story for the same reason that I want to uh, watch a scary movie. But I can't remember the last scary movie I watched that that stuck with me in such a way that I kind of either had nightmares or, or couldn't stop thinking, well, what if that's real? What if that happens to me? What if that possession or, or you know, ghost is in my house? So I don't I don't think I'm naturally inclined to believe in ghosts. Okay. I could be convinced, so though. No from you. Okay. You could be convinced. I'm, I'm so agnostic. You had Okay. And ghost not. So you lean, you are neither for nor against, but could be swayed. Sure. Okay. How about you, Dan? Uh, I believe in ghosts wholeheartedly and have experienced ghosts myself. So I am on the opposite side oh. of the spectrum. I will say, and All let right. me say for the record, that there has been, the, my wife has experienced paranormal activity. Um, and those stories that she has told me are some of the ones that have swayed me more towards the, I more believe what she's telling me because it is pretty crazy and she experienced it firsthand. Hmm. So, Interesting. Mm-hmm. So because of the evidence that is provided by your partner, mm-hmm. you are now, you move from more absolutely inclined. not to maybe. Yeah. Okay. And Dan, you said that you do believe in ghosts. I, I do. 100%, 100% no doubt in my mind. Okay. And so you said that you've had firsthand experience with that. That is correct, yes. Now, uh, for our listeners, you you just dived into this on our live show, I believe. Is that right? Was that our live show or was it um, our Florida episode? It was was a while ago. It was a deep folking about the state of belief is when I talked about my Mm -hmm. belief in ghosts. And I believe I told my ghost story, but I don't mind repeating if if it adds clarity to the conversation. Yeah, could you briefly share with us your ghost story? Because I think we've got we've probably added a bunch of new listeners since then, and they may not have heard that particular yeah, one. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> when I was, I believe, six or seven, maybe eight years old, right? So not the most credible age, but, you know, uh, before you start judging Nathan the skeptic, uh, let uh-huh. me finish the tale. Okay. Um, I was young. That's all I really remember. I was staying at my grandparents' house in Ricerstown, uh, that is in Maryland, um, <clears throat> and... Uh, the room that I myself would sleep in or any of the grandchildren would sleep in was this room filled with pictures of all of our old family, right? Um, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I remember I, I either needed to go to the bathroom or wanted water. I can't remember which it was, but I woke up and the way I describe it is it looked like there was a street light on out in the cul-de-sac, like beaming one like beam of light into the room. And it was highlighting a picture. Like that's what it looked like. Um, the blinds were completely shut, however. So it was not anything coming from outside. However, the picture that was being highlighted was a woman in an oval frame <clears throat> who, when I looked at the picture, turned and looked at me. Uh, and then asked me who I was, asked me where Elizabeth was, and if Elizabeth was well. Um, those are the questions I remember, but I apparently, according to my parents, um, said that I had stayed up all night talking to the picture. So, How old were you? Uh, I want to say eight, nine, maybe ten, but young. That's too young for acid, Dan. 
Uh, there's never a wrong age. So okay. uh, we at uh, Go Folk Yourself, um, we, we approve of micro-dosing <laughs> yourself with acid to make your productivity yeah, go it's up. It's very, very important. Um, no, so <clears throat> that happened. I woke up the next morning. I told my grandmother. I told my parents. Um, and I asked my grandmother who that was. And she said that that was her mother. Um, and I said that she kept asking me about Elizabeth and I don't know who Elizabeth is. And she said, Oh, well that's my name. Uh, I never called my grandmother by her name. I called her mama. That was the name I had for her. So yes, the ghost Mm -hmm. was asking me about Elizabeth, which was a name I did not associate with her at all. I'll take it one step further. However, the family all laughed it off because like, you know, it's a kid, it's a kid saying you saw a ghost the next year. My cousin was sleeping in that room, woke up the next morning, asked my grandmother, who is the woman in that photo? She was asking me about Elizabeth. Ooh. Ooh. That is spooky. So when my grandmother did pass away, she left me that picture. So that picture is in my parents' house, actually. Never never spoke to me again, but that is my story. Huh. That is... uh... That is a very spooky and specific story. Yeah, I told you. Did you ever take the picture off the wall to see if there was a hidden door? I didn't, but the fact that it's hanging in my parents' house and I don't remember a door when we were clearing out their house. Okay. I see what you're thinking, though. I see where your head's at. I I thought maybe your grandmother snuck through the walls and opened the door behind the photo. You never never know. We'll go with that didn't happen. Okay. That is... That is very specific and quite frightening, especially for a child. It's pretty scary. No, it was actually comforting. Man. Like she was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. She was very maternal. That was the thing. I wasn't scared. It was more just I didn't know the answers to her questions. Hmm. Huh. So you weren't afraid at all. No. You were just curious. Mm-hmm. I think it was the right age okay. for it. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Well, uh, that is an awesome story, and thank you for sharing yeah, that with no us. No problem. Uh, well, if you guys are curious, I am also wholeheartedly in the uh, camp of ghosts. I don't think our listeners will be surprised by that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> being that I typically share ghost stories for my segments. Who knew? <laughs> I, I couldn't guess. Right? Uh, yeah. I, um, I have not personally had any uh, direct contact with ghosts, but ghost stories are something that run in my family. Uh, very heavily, and which is kind of funny because like neither of my parents are particularly spiritual, uh, nor are they really big about like folksy things like I am. Uh, but one thing that they both do enjoy is a good ghost story. Except for my dad, he's got good alien stories. Uh, but I think it's because he was high, good. Uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> but, reason uh, to have alien stories. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll give you two familial uh, Brett family ghost stories real quick that have uh, kind of informed my view of it. So my grandmother, uh, it was born in rural Georgia, and uh, she uh, was on a born on a turpentine farm actually. So it's like pine trees that you you know get the sap out of and make uh, pine uh, turpentine out of, uh, and they reportedly had the most haunted fucking house in the entire like rural area of Georgia. Uh, and they were kind of known throughout the area for being incredibly hospitable. So they would often host guests at their house and people would borderline refuse to stay with them because they thought the house was haunted. Uh, despite them being incredibly nice people that would make a lot of like big meals for them. Uh, and so uh, specifically my great, great uncle 
uh, absolutely hated the house and refused to stay in any room except for the uh, like the upstairs, which he felt was the least haunted. Uh, and he once woke up the entire family by uh, discharging a shotgun into the attic because he could hear someone walking around upstairs thinking that someone had broken in. Uh, and after he fired his shotgun off into the roof, uh, there was a huge crash from the room next to him, uh, which contained an armoire filled with china, and the whole family came to see what had happened, and first of all, the armoire was upright and not tipped over, and my uh, great-grandfather's only response was to pretty much uh, scream and yell at him for firing off the gun because it was only the ghost in the attic uh, that apparently was just a normal thing for them. And uh, he was quite mad that he now had to patch the roof of the bedroom that now had a shotgun hole in it. Well, yes, because I'm going to say this. (laughs) No one should be shooting off shotguns in someone else's home. Yeah. So apparently the familial ghost in this home uh, was actually in the attic and uh, was known for... Uh, conversing late at night seemingly with no one uh, and for dragging his feet because they all thought it was a man across the like the, f- the attic floor and then for rattling uh, like they kept a bunch of like old farming tools up there because you know it should seem like a horror movie uh, and so they kept all these farming implements up in the attic and they would be just drug around in the middle of the night and uh, the whole family just accepted that it was that it was completely normal and he was the only one that like hated it and uh you know he fired his gun off thinking it was an intruder uh the house actually ended up burning down um there was uh no electric this is before electricity by the way uh and uh so there's actually no electrical wiring in the house at all no plumbing nothing like that and there was no like uh like it wasn't like raining, it wasn't a thunderstorm or anything. And then just during the day when the house combusted and burned down and my family actually left Georgia from that. And everyone thought that it was obviously the ghosts that did it. And so that's always been a family story uh, of like why my family left Georgia was because of that. Wow. So pretty creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool uh, though. Other one. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one uh, is... Uh, a little bit, a little bit closer to home. Uh, I was four when my grandfather died, uh, and I was actually very close with him. And um, I remember uh, very distinctly being in my grandmother's home, uh, probably about two or three months after his passing. And um, I, I didn't know what was going on. Obviously, I didn't really have a concept of death. Dan, you've heard my first introductory story to death involving the fateful baseball game, but that's a story for a different deep folk. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good teaser for you listeners. Uh, but um, the uh, the experience in the house was uh, my mother was in the kitchen, and they were putting away all of his things uh, for taking it to the church for donation. And uh, he had this armchair that he sat in and would read and smoke because, you know, that's he was a 50s man that would do that sort of thing. And um, he was a she real Don came Draper. into the living. Yeah, he was basically Don Draper. Like, he was 100% a greaser uh, in his teenage years. Nice. And um, yeah, super cool guy. Um, anyway, so he she came into the living room and saw that the chair had been like, sp- like, Recently, it seemed to her as if someone had just stood up from it because it was a one of like those fifties reclining chairs, and it was wobbling back and forth. And she could have sworn that um, she had felt 
uh, or excuse me, she had smelt, uh, he smoked like horrifyingly bad unfiltered Turkish cigarettes <laughs> and she got like got a strong whiff of that. And then um, she dropped what she was holding and just started crying because she was like upset that she dropped and broke something and then felt something like touch both of her shoulders as if to say like, it's okay. And that was like the only paranormal experience my, my mother has ever had. And it's something that she like firmly believes in. And I, I was there. I just don't remember any of this happening because I was too young. Um, Wow. But yeah, that those are my familial ones. If if I can uh, so. tell one more story, just real quick, this one is not my family, but rather someone I know uh, was uh, telling these stories. And so I, I've, I've stated before that I believe in ghosts, which makes it so that when people tell me ghost stories, normally it doesn't like scare me or anything like that because it's just something I believe in, right? Like mm-hmm. same. I don't. I, I actually same. firmly believe that ghosts are not. M- m- Mal malintent. They don't have malintent. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I, I malicious. Yeah, they're they're not malicious. But uh, someone I know, um, or malevolent. Uh, yeah, malevolent's a good word. Uh, someone I know yeah. essentially lived in uh, Kissimmee in a very haunted house, and uh, there are other people I know who have been to that house and and seen the ghost. Like there was a ghost of a child that would come into the bedroom, like looking for someone to like guide him down the hallway, like little things. Right. Hmm. But what spooked me is he was talking about the different ghosts in his house. And there's one thing that he wouldn't call a ghost. He called it an entity, that there was an entity in the attic that not only was everyone in the house scared of, but so were the ghosts that the ghosts that he had seen would like tremble when they would hear the noises in the attic or like would stop or disappear or uh, uh, go away. And it was an area in the attic that they had blocked off, so no one went into this, like, essentially a crawl space in the attic. Um, oh, because God. And it was probably sealed up before he was even born, but it was sealed up. And there was something, as he described it, so evil in there that, like, no one would ever approach it or take down the boards. What would you, what would you suppose that is, Brett? I would think that um, that would be a an entity that is not human. Um, I think that that would be, uh, to me, a ghost is someone uh, is actually someone or was someone, uh, that was here and that has deceased and a, an impression of their energy remains behind. And so there's an imprint of that person left. But I think that there's also in this worldview that I have the ability of other non-human entities to exist. Obviously, I'm the show's polytheist and occultist, so I'm like 100% into these things. Uh, so I think that that would be a non-human entity that has taken up residence in that home. So like it may be a or, demon or... Maybe. I don't particularly believe in demons, uh, as I do not subscribe to the Judeo-Christian framework, Apologies. but maybe something that they would call that. How yes. about a fey creature? <laughs> I don't think that a fey creature would exist in North America, Dan, as that is a regional land spirit attached to Celtic country, so that would be impossible. (laughs) Well, and look at that, Brett. Indirectly, I got you to answer your own second question, because now you've described what you believe a ghost is. Wow, that was a really good curation, Dan. What do you believe a ghost is? Uh, So, again, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but for those of you who haven't heard it before... um, I don't believe that a ghost is a knowledge of like is not knowledgeable is not a person living on it's not like a Harry Potter ghost 
to me, right. um, my my spiritual my spiritual subscription is to the idea that uh, we are all kind of cut from the same cloth. We are all energy entities, right? Uh, Brett, you've seen mm-hmm. someone die. Um, I've seen someone die. I don't know if you have, Nathan. Yes, but, I haven't, no. Um, oh, it is a very traumatic experience, Absolutely, Nathan. but even beyond the trauma, a person <clears throat> looks completely different when they are deceased. And not just like, oh, the color's gone. Like, there is an actual light that is no longer in them, like in their eyes. There's an emptiness that you can see. I've seen a body in the hours following uh, the the passing away. I wasn't there when it happened, but I I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I I have both seen someone die on multiple occasions, actually, Mm -hmm. and also had to photograph the recently deceased on top of that. So, like, I've seen that like emptiness, hollowness look to them. And so to me, to me, I believe that's where the idea of the soul came from. Like that was the word we used to describe it. Um, Because I do believe that, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. I think we are literally just recycling energy constantly as we move Mm -hmm. through the world. So to me, what a ghost is, is in moments of extreme trauma or tragedy, it's almost like a tear or a wrinkle in that fabric. Right. It's yeah. It's not that that or it's person, like a stain yeah, or an impression. The stain is yeah. perfect. It's not that person that is there, but rather the energy in that spot has now been stained throughout all of time and space. So no matter mm-hmm. whether it like I actually even believe that some of the ghosts that you might see might be from the future, right? Like future events. Like those might be the things that we don't even comprehend. Ooh, that's interesting. That's oh, cool. that is, I have I've never, never heard that. Never theory. even couldn't thought of that. That's yeah. really cool. Wow. So to me, that's what I view ghosts as is the idea that like what we are seeing is not always what is present in front of us. So it's not a conscious spirit, but rather a mm-hmm. stain in that spot for whatever reason, whether it just have been such a great personal tragedy to that one person that the energy in that moment was so massive uh, or it was so many people all at once that it has now created mm-hmm. this just awfulness. Nathan, I know that you're a skeptic, but what would you, if you had to theorize, what do you think a ghost could be? Um, I subscribe more to kind of what Dan was saying because I try to look at it more from a scientific standpoint, right? Um, mm-hmm. And like Dan said, energy cannot be created or destroyed. And it is true that we do, as humans, radiate a certain amount of energy and we radiate different wavelengths and things like that. Cool. So, so perhaps, Nathan believes in auras. Got it. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Well, I, again, not put any thought into this. So I would have to define it as, yeah, some sort of energy spike in in the sort of space-time fabric that happens when someone yeah. dies. And that might happen. That might happen with everybody who dies, or it might happen when, it, right. when only when a tragic event happens, right? Or maybe more sh- stronger yeah. when, a, when a tragic event happens. And that that could have ripple effects throughout time it is an interesting sort of way of thinking about it. And that, that sort of scratches an itch for me that makes me want to sort of theorize more and come up with a, a, a better articulated idea. But... I don't know. And the stories you guys have told, obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm able to be swayed one way or the other. And, uh, and, and the stories you guys have told because they come from trustworthy sources in a way, right? Like they're not people who are trying to trick you into believing these things. Mm-hmm. They're actual experiences. And you can tell when somebody's conveying an experience they've truly, truly had. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what it sounds like, you know, you guys have experienced. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've I've always wanted to have a firsthand experience with it, uh, just to see for myself, and just you know I've never had that. Uh, yeah, and like I I'm one hundred percent on board with you, Dan, on on the theory of energy relating to ghosts. I think that that is like that is an intrinsic part of my belief with that. Uh, but I th- as you read about um, encounters with the dead or other entities that may not be human. Uh, people kind of have like a couple different classifications of ghosts. Like you have the repeated behavior, which is kind of like a snapshot scene. And I think that's where that like that psychic energy or that psychic stain is left over from, uh, where it's a moment in time that is repeated, uh, which, which is when you have like the same story told over and over again. To, and to, to me, me, that makes sense. That, that's, that's what I think of with like my great grandmother was I'm guaranteeing mm-hmm. that in that moment, right? Like whether it had been that picture or at her own death, she was concerned with her daughter. She wanted to know where Elizabeth mm-hmm. was. How is Elizabeth? Like that was her fear in that moment. That was her, like th- that was the wrinkle. There was something, something in her mind, whether it was true or not, was so tragic or alarming that that is what she, right. what is being repeated of her in time. Wasn't absolutely. I have a question. Wasn't there an episode of Doctor Who or something where there was a ghost, but in actuality, the explanation for it was that it was like basically a woman or someone stuck in like a time, like vortex kind of thing, like almost stuck in the fourth dimension. Like they existed at all times at once. Uh, I don't know, Nathan, cause we're not nerds. Boom. Oh no, that's, <laughs> but that's not true. And I thought that maybe, ah, I thought you guys would know. Well, anyways, but there is that concept of fourth dimensional or higher dimensional beings, or even just one dimension above the third dimension being someone who can traverse or exist in mm-hmm. multiple times at once. Um, like so Napoleon. A... Yeah. What? What? <laughs> no, I didn't want to clarify. <laughs> that that? I made my point, and I'm just. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Brett, I believe yeah. you had a third question, which you know I know we're running oh. on time. I'm going to just read you a right. quote uh, that I think answers your question perfectly. Because your third Great. question, to remind everyone at home, was: Could Brett ever become a ghost? Yes, which is what the the listeners at home want to know. Uh, I'm going to read you a quote from uh, Nearly Headless Nick via J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter and In, the Order of the Phoenix. Which is canon. That is it is not the wretched abortion of Ilvermorning. Correct. I was afraid of death. I chose to remain behind. I sometimes wonder whether I oughtn't to have. Well, that is neither here nor there. In fact, I am neither here nor there. I know nothing of the secrets of death, Harry, for I chose my feeble imitation of life instead. Oh, and with that, I choose not to be a ghost because, good God, he never got to join the headless hunt. And (laughs) he was just stuck forever with crippling disappointment and being isolated from his peers. Yeah, that's it. That's all he had. He had to eat wretched food at his death day celebration. Is that what you want? Yeah, and his only friends are children, and that does not... I don't want that in my life. <laughs> uh, I think he was pretty friendly with Peeves. He was not friendly with Peeves. He understood Peeves. He was semi-friendly with the fat friar, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Nathan, does Victor have any views on uh, Harry Potter? Uh, I'm going to state for the absolute record, Victor has never read nor seen a single Harry Potter movie or uh, book. Wow. <laughs> that is it, now true. Did that he is now avoided because he didn't want to, or is it that he just doesn't get it? He actually doesn't know he's they a, exist. Oh, he does not believe in if books. You, <laughs> if you mention Harry he, Potter to Victor, 
his response will be, what, what? What's is, that? Is that a person you know? Huh, never heard of that. Yeah. His, who is who is that? <laughs> My brother's name is Harry. Yes, that's what he'll say. <laughs> he'll think that you're mispronouncing. He think you're adding Harry Potter. He think oh, you're, that's the confusion. Yeah. That's, he's very so. There we go. Uh, I get it. I get it. Well, I think we got to. I think we got to the bottom of it, guys. Wow. So good. I'm glad we got it to a very positive place here. Well, good. I, I think this well, is a good place to wrap it. Hey. Uh, if you haven't so already, follow us on Apple Podcasts, and of course, also follow us on Twitter at GoFolkPodcast. Uh, and then take a moment, patreon.com slash GoFolkYourself, and you know what? Throw us a dollar, because Brett, what else costs a dollar? Exactly any fountain drink at your local McDonald's, regardless <laughs> of size, no matter how big or small. Yeah, that's it. It's unbelievable. It's it's a fucking modern, modern miracle, guys. <laughs> like, how do they do that? Yeah, get yourself one of those, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Treat yourself. Spend two dollars. One on us. One at McDonald's. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Go big. You can drink some later. You, you don't need to drink this. it all right you, now. You've earned that drink <laughs> and this podcast. This podcast yeah. in particular goes out to a special man named Jude Wright, Brett's favorite patron. I know, Jude. You sexy sexpot of Tampa. I know that you post on Twitter because I follow you on my personal Twitter account, and I never interact with you, but I'm always there. Nice. That's it. That's all I have to say. I'm always watching Jude. <laughs> all right. Perfect. There it is. The end. 